before I bring God's word. Can you hear me all right? Is this on? I'd like you to close your eyes. And when you've got your eyes closed, I'm going to paint a picture which I want you to get involved with. It's whatever Jesus looks like to you. I want you to see him in a field. And he's holding something in his hand. It's a metal detector. And now he's walking down the field, left to right, left to right with this metal detector. And all of a sudden, he hears, beep, 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 beep. And he stops. And he lays his machine aside. And he gets on his knees. And he gets his little trial out. And he starts digging around where the noise was. And all of a sudden, his face just lights up. And it's a picture of beauty and it's radiant because he's discovered what he's looking for. He's discovered the treasure he was looking for. And as soon as he saw that treasure, he said to himself, it doesn't matter what it's going to cost me, I'm going to pay the price because I've got to have it. I, just in your own mind's eye, I want you to have a peek at that treasure. Can you see it? You should, because it's you. It's you. He came all the way from his heavenly kingdom to this kingdom on earth just to find you. That's how much he loves us. And we know the price he paid for the treasure. It was the cross. And now here we are as a church. We're his treasure house. And he continually wants to fill it. Are we willing this morning to lay aside anything and everything that would be a hindrance us receiving from him today? Because he wants to give all of us good gifts. He wants all of us to flow in the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and the power of the Spirit through baptism of the Spirit. See, the problem with the church today is that it doesn't seem uh, to realize that supernatural gifts of the Spirit are not an optional part of the church. And without the gifts of the Spirit in operation, the church can never function on the level, power, and efficiency that God intended it to. You know, when you get talking to people about different things, we've, we've always got a reason or an excuse why we don't want to believe it. Or, or we'll have an argument, and by the time we finish arguing, we don't do anything about it anyway, because it's, you know, and that's what happens. Yeah, God is so clear in his word that he wants to empower us and the only way he can empower us is through his Holy Spirit. Yet, the church today is so impoverished. Impoverished. 
because it will not accept the fact that God wants to baptize us in his Holy Spirit. Charlie, thank you for that reading. Uh, I just want to pick up a few verses on what Charlie said. And he says, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the lottery, but be filled with the Spirit. So in the light of this word, what is God's will for us? What's Jesus' will for us? In light of this word, okay, before you dissect it and argue about it, what, what does it say? It says, be filled with the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit is not some kind of wishy-washy idea or request. It's a command. It's a command. Acts chapter 1 verse, verse 4. Jesus speaking to his disciples says these things. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. In a few days time, actually I think it was 10 days time, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it goes on in Acts chapter 2 and says, and suddenly, I don't know about you, but I love God's suddenness. Malcolm and I was just mentioned it last Sunday. Uh, have you ever been in a room and suddenly, yeah? I'm, some of us, I'm sure you have. If you haven't, then you need to get in a room where there's a suddenly. Because when that suddenly comes, okay, you don't have to do anything because it all happens. You don't have to worry whether you're a part of the prayer team or not. They don't need prayer teams when suddenly it's happened. Sue and I were in a meeting when it suddenly happened, and uh, well, well, too long to tell you all about it. Maggie reminded me last Sunday of a suddenly, some 40 years ago at Yapton. And she said to me, they're not going to be suddenly on Sunday, is this? I hope so. <laughs> and suddenly, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And tongues as a fire appeared on them and rested on them, each and every one of them. No one got missed out. You see, stay in Jerusalem is a command. When, when Jesus spoke to his disciples, he said, stay in Jerusalem. Okay, I've got a, a military background. And uh, if I was mounting the guard and I said, stand still in the front rank, guess what? They stood still. Why? Because it was a command. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit was and still is a promise. And that promise was fulfilled on that wonderful morning as tongues of fire rested on each of them. See, when you and I, when you and I give our lives to Jesus, something happens. Okay. See, what it does, it reproduces in us God-like 
we become more like Jesus. That's what happens. But when we're baptized, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's the ministry of Jesus that it reproduces. The life of Jesus gets reproduced when we get saved. The ministry of Jesus gets reproduced when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I don't know who you are or how long you've been a Christian. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you cannot reproduce the ministry of Jesus. You don't have to like it, but that's the truth. And purpose of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is to give power to the church. That's why the disciples were told to wait in Jerusalem for the promised gift. See, we need power beyond ourselves for service and ministry. Good though you might be, you might be great prayers, great this, great that, great everything, but unless we're baptized in the Spirit and empowered by the Spirit, we cannot do the things that Jesus wants us to do. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, the greatest danger of all for Christian people is the danger of understanding the scriptures in the light of our own experience instead of taking its teaching as it is. Oh, we're all good at that. I'm just well, I mentioned that. Well, we'll sit down. Have you been baptized in water? Well, no, no, see, I, I, I don't see a need to be baptized in water. Okay? And we then have this basic discussion of why you should or should be baptized okay, in water. Because what we're doing is we're looking at Scripture from our own experience. Jesus says, get baptized. What's the problem? We, 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 we say, God, I love you. And, and, and you do, and I do. God, you just tell me what you want me to do for you, and I'll do it. He says, get baptized. I say, well, I can't see a need to get baptized. <laughs> Are you on the same page as me? It's, if you turn to the Gospels, okay, the one thing that we are taught is that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And he will baptize you, and he's baptized me with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Without the Holy Spirit, we will always be ineffective. But with him, with him, nothing is impossible. Amen? Amen. Go on, sounding like a Pentecostal, isn't it? <laughs> In Acts 8, we are told that Peter and John arrived in Samaria. And they prayed for believers there. And they placed their hands on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. In Acts 19, we find Paul uh, at Ephesus. 
And he, he comes across a group of people. A group of people he acknowledges and accepts as being born again. Okay? No. Okay. Clearly, Paul accepts them as being born again. And uh, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I'd love to see the expressions on the face because I said, what? Who? Never heard of them. Because that's what they said. No, we have not even heard of the Holy Spirit. So he placed his hands on them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied when the Holy Spirit came upon them. What's this thing about prophecy? What's this thing about tongues, in fact? Excuse me. My, my nose is rubbing away at me. And we, we hear a lot about tongues. Don't we? What's tongues all about? Well, what, why do I want tongues? I'll tell you why. Because when you speak in tongues, you get edified and God gets glorified. Amen. It's easy, isn't it? Simple. Smith Migglesworth put his ministry down to the fact that he spoke in tongues because he got edified. Mention him shortly. So we've said, no, we've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. Jesus. Jesus, for the first 30 years of his ministry, never moved in the power of the Holy Spirit. That was because he had laid aside his majesty and he put on this mantle of humanity. He, he didn't cease to be God, but he sacrificed the public adoration and honor due to him as God. And because Jesus had taken the form of humanity, he needed, he needed to be empowered for his ministry through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But he encountered the anointing and, and, and filling uh, of baptism the Holy Spirit. Not empowering and equipping him for his ministry. That's where it all happened. And see, Jesus wants the same for me. He wants the same for you. He wants the same for all of us. He wants this church to be baptized in the Holy Spirit so we can continue his ministry here on earth. How in heaven's name are we going to get people saved if we don't move in the ministry that he has? When are we going to see the signs and wonders and the miracles, etc., etc., if we're not empowered with the same spirit that he was empowered with? Father wants all his children, all his children, to experience the power of the Spirit. He wants everyone to be filled to all the measure of his fullness. All of us. Listen to what Luke said. Luke says this. How much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened to you. That's a picture, ladies and gentlemen, of, a, of determination. Yeah, so often we're so wishy-washy. Well, God asked you, but you didn't do it, so I'll, I'll, I'll move on to the next thing. Where's the deter? The lady who had the flow of blood spent every penny she had trying to get whole. 
She was a social outcast. She couldn't go to the synagogue. Her, her life was miserable. But somehow she just knew if she could touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. Okay, and pushing through a crowd of men. We're talking about, she shouldn't have been there. Okay, pushing through a crowd of men, she grabs a hold of, of, of his garment and he says, power's gone out of me. When Jairus came to see Jesus about his daughter and said, will you come and pray for my daughter because she's died? Okay. They came, he was determined. They hold Jesus to pray for his daughter. Church, we need to get determined. Just because it doesn't happen when you ask. It doesn't mean to say you're not going to get it. Just gotta, you just got to hang in there and say, Jesus, I ain't letting go of you until you do it. Yeah. Let me quote Billy Graham to you. Billy Graham. But a necessity is indispensable for the abundant life and for fruitful service. It is intended for all, needed by all, and available to all. This is why the scriptures command all of us to be filled with the Spirit. A gentleman called Dr. Ari Torrey, he was a, a pastor, evangelist, an American. He said this, no man ever got this blessing who said he'd get along without it. You get what you expect, don't you? You expect nothing, you'll never be disappointed. That's what he said. Jesus couldn't get along with it. The disciples couldn't get along with that. Dr. Martin Lloyd along without it. Wesley Whitfield, they couldn't get along without it. Evan Roberts, a young man in his 20s who saw 100,000 people come to faith in a year. A revival movement of young people as it was in Scotland under Duncan Campbell. Couldn't get along without it. Do you know that in the Hebridean revival, most of the folk who were getting saved were under 40. Under 40. Because two old ladies cried out to God for the youth of the nation, the youth of Scotland. And God heard them. Smith Wigglesworth. Wow. Let me tell you something about Smith Wigglesworth. Born into an impoverished family. Spent most of his young life among kids as a kid in the deep fields, sorry, deep fields, in, in the turnip fields, uh, picking turnips to earn money. Gave his life to Jesus at the age of eight. Uh, got confirmed in the Church of England, baptized in the Baptist Church, and learned most of his early theology from the Plymouth Brethren. Yeah, that's a real mix, isn't it? But then he knew. He knew there was something missing. Do you know why? Because he married a young lady whose name was Polly. And Polly 
was a preacher in the Salvation Army. And it was Paul who taught him to read because he couldn't read until he got into his 20s. And, and he just knew there was something missing. And he heard about the Sunderland revival. Uh, Alexander Body, the Reverend Alexander Body, Church of England. See, good things happen in the Church of England. Okay? And, and revival had broken out in Sunderland. And he was determined to go there and receive from God. And he went to this Sunderland revival. And you know who prayed for him? It was Mrs. Body. Mrs. Body laid hands on Smith Bigglesworth, bumped as the Spirit, and spoke in tongues. He went home filled with joy, filled with the Spirit, and he got hold of Polly. He says, Polly, tonight I want to preach. And because she was the preacher. And she thought it was an unusual request, but she said, okay, off you go. And he, he stood up that night, okay, and he, as he looked out to his congregation, and he began to... It was so obvious that this man had been baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit that everybody would want to do it. Do you want it? Yes. Oh, William Booth, set on fire by the Holy Spirit, wrote these amazing words. Oh, God of burning, cleansing flame, send the fire. By Blood bought gifts today we claim, send the fire. Look down and see this wailing host. Give us the promised Holy Ghost. We, we, we want another Pentecost. Do we? Yes. We want another Pentecost. Yes. Send the fire. Jesus on the Last day of the feasts of Booth or, or Tabernacles, uh, the water had been collected from the pool of Shalom and they brought it back and they were about to pour it out on the altar. And Jesus stood up and said, If a man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from him. He was prophesying the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Streams of living water will flow to them. Church, you're thirsty. Yes. Do you need a drink? Do you need to respond to God's command to be baptized by Jesus and his spirit and with fire? Will you ask him today to fill you with power and set you on fire? See, God created our spirits combustible. (laughs) He made us flammable. He created our spirit and our nature to be set on fire. Let me kind of get finished. Kind of get finished. As Christians, there is no alternative to the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. 
See, without the Holy Spirit, our hearts will not be set on fire. The world needs people with burning hearts. God is looking for a church full of people with burning hearts, burning with love, burning with compassion, burning with passion for his glory, the gospel of Jesus and the salvation of the lost. Father's answer, Father's answer to a world of indifference, a world of materialism and a world of coldness and mockery is burning Christians. If you want to see, if you want to see people on fire for God, then you need to be on fire for God. After Jesus was baptized in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit took him to a, a, a a weird old place, didn't he? Took him to the desert. Took him to a wilderness. Why did he take him there? I'll tell you why. Because that's where the devil lives. And he lives in the wilderness because he hates water. And he wants the church to live in the wilderness. And he wants to take us out of the river and let us paddle around on the edges in the mud or even give you a nice little well to sit next to where you can just get a little sit down again. Remember the story of Jesus casting out the demons from the, the demonic? Uh, had a legion. And they said, oh, send us into the pigs. And Jesus probably smelled and said, that's a good place to go. Because where did they go? They went into the water. <laughs> Demons don't like water. Jesus wants us, he wants his church to live in the river. There's no other place to live. There is no other place to live. The river of what? The river of salvation. The river of grace, the river of love, the river of, the river of forgiveness, the, the, the river of his Holy Spirit. But he wants us to be in the river. The church has lived in the wilderness long enough. It's time to get back in the river. Martin, will you just, uh, I'm going to ask Martin and Judy, Judy. They're going, to, they're going to lead us in a song. That's a song I love, and he didn't know it until I asked him. To, even, Martin, even Martin didn't know it. So, so. Mind, mind you, it, it is pretty old. He's pretty young. Okay. It's simply this. Cause me to come to the river, O Lord. Cause me to come to the river, O Lord. Cause me to come to the river, O Lord. Cause me to come, cause me to drink, cause me to live. And if you want to get back in the river, then you do what you need to do. You may just want to stand up and speak to God yourself. You may want to come out and let some of us lay hands on you and pray for you, especially if you've never been baptized. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, let me encourage you to come forward so we can lay hands on you. That's biblical scripture. If, if you're sitting here thinking, you know, I, I, I know I'm out of the river, I want to get back in the river, just go on. 
God wants you to. Maybe the spark has gone out of you. Maybe you just need to be refreshed. Whatever it is that you need from the Holy Spirit,